What did I tell you, children, on season one, episode ten? Please do tell me. I'm all ears. Mm-hmm. That's right. I told you that romanticizing violence is wrong and nobody, ever, should be unlucky enough to find themselves in an abusive relationship of any kind. Then why in the world, only three episodes later, history seems to repeat itself? Well, because we're humans, of course, and history is not a magistra vitae, and we tend to do all the same shit over and over again. And also, I'm so hooked up on Pearl Boy that frankly it would be a crime not to talk about it. I know perfectly well that it's gonna end in tears, but I am the same delusional bitch as before, so I'm here, sipping limoncello and hoping for the best. A happy ending, possibly, but yeah, it's not gonna happen, so I should probably shut up. So, without shedding a tear for now, let's start. But before that, you know the drill. Disclaimer. This content is intended for mature audiences only. It can contain strong language, sexual references and mention of violence. Listener discretion is advised. And a bit of an extra trigger warning for this one. Abuse and rape will be largely mentioned. So, if you're triggered by any of that, I would highly suggest to skip this episode and come back next week for the other one. Of course, your safety is always first. You know that. <sighs> Drum roll. For your year's delight only, DMB, Season 2, Episode 2, Pearl Boy, where we'll still romanticize violence. And now, because we do need to lighten up the mood a little bit, and I am all about tradition, you know me, and I personally love how I am making a mockery out of myself in front of you all without giving a fuck every fucking time. In 3, 2, 1, the jingle. <coughs> <coughs> And this is the moment where the jingle should be. Jingle, jingle, jingle. All this jingle. It's amazing. Best thing in the world. And I cannot sing to save my life yet again. So three, two, one. We're back with season two. Jazz hands. And before you start throwing stones at me, I should probably crack on with the episode, shall I? Yes. <clears throat> per boy. Her boy by inking and Zoe has the art style that I'd love to achieve one day. Bold colours, clear sharp lines, details for days, and most of all, the boy's design is to die for. Basically they all look like supermodels, and ready to be part of a beautiful story where love is in the air, everyone has the job of their dreams, the cherry flowers are blossoming, and all will end with a gigantic wedding and plenty of sex. Then why in the world we ended up with blood, rape, Sexual exploitation and homicide? I have no fucking clue. Basically, when I first saw the cover, first thought that came in mind was, oh sweet, this is gonna be a cute love story with plenty of kinky, consensual moments. Oh, I am... Thank you. Once again, motorcycles for ruining my moment. Thank you very much. Let's do that again. So, when I first saw the cover, what I thought was, oh good, this is going to be nice, kinky, consensual, extra cute. I am all for it. Well, after only three chapters, I wanted to gorge my eyes out because the pain was too much to handle. After 30-something chapters, aka now, my only thought is that I should probably baptize myself in the River Jordan and atone for everybody's sins. Like mine, yours, the whole humanity. I should probably drown in the River Jordan at this point. Here's how it goes. Main character in our play is Kang Do-shik, 
former top host of a gay bar in Seoul that runs away and seeks refuge in a small coastal town after fleeing with money from that same bar and apparently clearly shouldn't have touched the money, I mean, but if you're running away with the money, well, probably you're running away because you shouldn't have touched them. But I am digressing here. In that forgotten corner of the world, his path crosses with Joha, the server of a clam house with a very peculiar characteristic. When he comes after a sexual intercourse, his penis shoots out pearls instead of semen. Yes, you heard that right. And needless to say, the bigger the pleasure, the better the orgasm and the quantity of pearls produced. And needless to say once more, as soon as the Sheik and Joa will find themselves in bed together, it'll be pretty obvious that their attraction and chemistry is no shorter than... what? Spectacular. And if that was all, this would have been a lovely story. Sure, a bit weird with all that pearl business going on. Funny at times, but with nothing major to be concerned about, to be honest, except... Well, yeah, nothing really, yeah. <sighs> except that, as I told you before, this is not your ordinary cute love story, and tears are about to flow relentlessly. Because there is somebody else that knows about Joa's purse, and of course, this person is garbage, to say the least. For those of you who don't know him, the name is Choi Pilwon. He's known Joa from way back, and he's sickly obsessed with him. So sickly that he exploits Joa in order to get the purse, and you would say, how does he get the purse? Glad you asked, let me tell you. Basically, he makes him the town's cum dump, and a little bit of a note here, the scene where the old townsfolk were all in line waiting to fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> no, the old townsfolks don't want to fuck me, thank God. But they were in line to fuck Joa, and honestly, that scene made me want to vomit. Honestly, it was disgusting on so many levels. So yeah, that's how we get the purse. But at the same time, not only does that, he wants to keep Joa all by himself. And I didn't mention that before. He used to fuck his mom as well, so... Yeah. Hello, Joseph Fritzl. I didn't know you were still around. Hmm. Thought you were rotting in jail. I thought you were that. I don't know. Just fuck off and die, will you? Now, at the moment, we left Joe and Doshik on the run to reach Seoul and Pilwon plotting some shit by the seaside. And as you can hear from my voice, I'm already fidgety as fuck. I mean, I mean, Pilwon, Pilwon, my man. Wasn't it enough to kidnap Doshik? and turn him and Joa against each other, and bring Joa on the verge of committing suicide? Wasn't that enough? Wasn't that enough? I mean, it seems like a lot to me already, so... Chopilon, just chill out, and behave yourself, you fucking cunt. You are disgusting, and you should rot somewhere. And die. Just die already, please. And, speaking of which, since... We're on the subject already, we need to talk about something. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a sucker for looks. Trust me, I am one. And I've always said that very publicly, you know that very well. However, to justify someone's actions solely on the fact that they're beautiful is utterly disgusting. And I know disgusting is a very strong word and we shouldn't use strong words like that. But honestly, there's no other way to say it here. Because seriously, I don't get how. How the fuck some people are still hoping that either Joa or Doshik will get together with Pilwon at some point because, oh, have you seen him? He's gorgeous. Yes, yes, 
sure he is gorgeous i have eyes as well you know i have eyes i have glasses as well because they're not the best but yes i have eyes i can see that but my eyes can also see that he is a manipulator a rapist an abuser and overall a fucking piece of shit good looks don't give you the right to get away with anything one more time repeat after me good looks shouldn't make you get away with being a nasty piece of shit period a criminal is a criminal no matter how chiseled their jaw is and if you find yourself in such a situation you shouldn't run away you shouldn't what why am i contradicting myself today i am a tad bit agitated but anyway you should run away you should run away as fast as you can in the opposite direction please 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 and for instance with toshik we saw exactly the opposite narrative arc sure he is beautiful as well but people were literally hating on the poor guy solely because of the fact that he was working as a host before meeting Joha. Right. Right. Because your line of work always defines who you are as a person. Of course. Of course. I seriously don't know how people are using their brain sometimes and I am speaking from personal experience as well. Let me tell you that. With myself being an immigrant, I didn't get my dream job in order to pay my bills. And because of my current line of work, I've been called stupid ignorant, job-stealer, uncultured, and a whole lot of other nasty things. Except that I am none of these things, but I don't have no family here with me, so if I don't make ends meet, I'm in the middle of the street without a penny to my name, a bed, whatever. So yeah, it is tough, but we need to do what we need to do in order to survive. So the same goes for the chic. We don't know what brought him where he is in the first place, we cannot know what made him choose a certain lifestyle, but that doesn't mean we should call him nasty solely on the fact that his line work is a bit unconventional and he may be a bit of a playboy. I mean, we shouldn't judge the poor guy. Chill out. And if you see how gently and with what love and care he treats Joha, you realize what a beautiful person he really is on the inside as well and not just on the outside. Take chapter, chapter 33 for instance. You know me, I hate to give you a bit of a spoiler, but you'll see where I'm getting. Now, in the moment where they're in the car together and Joa tries to run away, there is not one single moment where Doshik isn't making Joa's safety and well-being his top priority. If you read the chapter, you know what I'm talking about, you know which scene I'm talking about, and if you don't agree with me, I don't know where your eyes went, honestly. Doshik is a king and if you don't recognize that well go to spec savers and get a new pair of glasses guys just go it's only 20 pounds you can do it so before we say our goodbyes kiddos what did we learn today without repeating myself more than i've already done no matter what our past is no matter where we come from we do deserve to be loved and cared for and appreciated we all are worthy of believing, and no one should make us feel no less, for no reason. And from now on, this should be our mantra, our narrative, and what will shape our own destiny. I rest my case. And now that I've reached the nirvana with these beautiful words, without further ado, I do mark the ending of the second episode of DMB. As per usual, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being with me until the end. I love you and appreciate you always because without you I would be nowhere. I mean, there's only a few of us, but quantity doesn't make quality. I'm just putting it out there. Now, 
Remember to dress accordingly since it's getting chillier nowadays. Don't forget to engage in consensual kinky activities. Fight the patriarchy. And I'll be back next week. Same time, same place. This has been short and sweet. Just like me. And I will see you next time.